0: This is episode 17 of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Sue Allen. I'm so glad you are with us today. This episode is a slight departure from the other ones we've had recently, and I have my good friend and Kindred Mom Vision team member, Lynn Patty, here for a discussion about a few listener questions. We hope to have more episodes like this in the future where we respond to listener questions and suggestions for podcast topics, so if you enjoy this, please let us know. You can email me directly, hello at kindredmom.com, or we invite you to join the private Facebook group we host for the Kindred Mom community. I'll link to that in the show notes for this episode. Today we're talking about patience and how we keep hold of our marbles in the midst of the little years, which can be a huge challenge. This show is supported by One Day's Wages, a grassroots movement of people, stories, and actions intended to alleviate extreme global poverty. This organization is captivated by the idea that everyday people have the power to change the world. By raising awareness and inspiring people to give simply, One Day's Wages has supplied nearly 3,000 mothers with better maternal health care, 2,500 children with access to pediatric care, and they work worldwide to empower under-resourced families and communities. You can join their movement by making a donation or starting your own fundraiser to help fight poverty. Learn more at onedayswages.org. Well, hello there. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you. I'm getting started with a new style of episode we haven't tried out before. Um, I'm but so excited. Yes. Uh, we've been receiving in questions here and there from different readers and people who are participating in the Kindred Mom community. And so today I wanted to bring that up and see if we can just dialogue about these questions uh, from our own experiences.
1: That sounds amazing. I know that our community has questions questions and I mean, it's just great to have, you know, friends to rely on.
0: The questions that we're going to begin with are from a sweet gal named Haley Alicott. Haley is a writer and a musician and an illustrator of a darling um, illustrated series that she calls Mom Girl. And in these drawings, she depicts scenes of motherhood in the trenches with a sense of humor and a subtle commentary on how moms are like superheroes. It's really, really darling. And so I will um, leave a link to her work in the show notes of this episode.
1: Haley asked the following questions to us. And uh, the first one was, how do you not go insane? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I'm going to ask Emily because she has six children and I would imagine she knows something about this. Emily, how do you not go insane?
0: (laughs) Well, I, uh, I would say that. There are days that I do. There are days that I uh, feel very stretched thin and like my patience is nowhere to be found. Um, There are days that are very chaotic for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think um, part of my experience has been that I have to find a way to stay focused on what really needs to be done um, Mm -hmm. and what's most important at any given time. And that's been a hard thing over the years because what I thought was important and what I thought needed to be done. Um, when I had one or two children is pretty different now that I have six Mm -hmm. children. I think one of the things is having a a clear vision for what it is that I need to have happen that day down to my own tasks that are on a list that need to be accomplished, Mm -hmm. maybe household things or maybe errands that need to be run. And kind of having a plan for all that needs to be accomplished because if I, if I have to go somewhere, that's a pretty big undertaking yes. <laughs> and I think so much of my frustration usually stems from just not being ready for whatever it is that needs to happen next. And that could be a mealtime, that could be getting out of the house for an errand, that could be even a child just coming to me wanting to read or play, but I am tied up or have other things going on then I just don't feel like I can drop at that moment. So Mm -hmm. I think trying to develop a sense of vision for the day ahead of time, usually the night before I will sit and sketch out like, okay, tomorrow we have these things going on. And one of my six is sick. So maybe we can't do as much as I thought. Um, I'm just constantly thinking about how can I be prepared for what's coming as opposed to allowing that to just happen to me because I feel like my frustration and my, and the chaos really gets to me most when I don't feel prepared to deal with it.
1: I was just going to ask you that. I was going to say, what are your triggers for insanity or for losing your patience or something like that? Because gosh, I know I have them and I'm sure all the mamas out there have them, but what, what really kind of can get you into a funky space like that? I think um, if I haven't had
0: enough sleep, um, that is definitely something that puts me closer to that edge. Mm. Um, I also think things that are really unnecessary, like if there happens to be an extra big mess with fuse beads or with something that I'm just like, oh, why do we have to have fuse beads in this house? (laughs) Um, Or, you know, even Legos on the floor, which... There are always Legos on the floor, but there are sometimes that the Lego mess is just beyond, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like oh, guys, you know better than to okay. do this and to leave them there and to go do something else. And um, I would say most recently, the issue is bickering between the kids. That it just—it's so hard to see them just pick and pick and pick and whine and fight over the dumbest things yeah. that you know. When I am low on sleep and those things are going on, that seems to be the recipe that most quickly gets me to boiling point.
1: Yeah, so go back to that idea of the vision for the day. Mm-hmm. So is that something that you write down?
0: Um, yes, most often I have a planning time on Sunday afternoons or evenings where I look at the whole week mm-hmm. and I will write down, uh, okay, for Monday, we have these things that are coming up and that's mostly just a calendaring issue Mm -hmm. where I might talk with my husband about if I need him to be home from work a little early for us to get to a doctor's appointment or that kind of thing. And then at night before I go to bed, I also, I make another list that is really for just the, the following 24 hours, um, like what tasks need to be done. Do I need to throw laundry in the wash? Do I need to, I mean, it's kind of really just taking stock of what is coming ahead immediately so that I can know, oh, I need to pull chicken out of the freezer and I need to, mm-hmm. it's kind of all the little things that for me just, giving five minutes to think about what is coming uh, and make a little list for myself is the only way that I can really stay on track. Otherwise, if I wait till the morning, especially if I wake up after any of my children, which is happening more and more that I have older ones that can help with mm-hmm. breakfast and things, mm-hmm. I, I just am like, I will stay in my bed just a little bit longer. And um, if I just haven't made a plan by that point, I find that all day I am dragging and yep. it is something that I write down. It's also just for me Conceptually, a mindset that I need to be trying to anticipate what's coming up, as opposed to responding to things that arise.
1: So, in my motherhood journey, I feel as though babies one and two were really the the ones that stretched me the most in terms of losing my cool. So, well, and now I have four children, and Mm -hmm. so I feel like I've moved ahead, and I don't lose it as much anymore. But I was wondering. What we would both say to that mom who has one or two kids and just finds herself, you know, the three year old trying to put on the shoes and the baby blows out the diaper and, you know, just <laughs> the real things. The real happens. things. What, exactly. What would you say to her? Uh, right now by way of encouragement?
0: I think just taking a breath before deciding a response can really help. I think sometimes we are made to feel like right now, right now, you need to know, you have to make a decision, you have to respond immediately. And if we're talking about a safety situation, absolutely respond Mm -hmm. immediately without thinking. But there are a lot more decisions that if we just pause for a second, that we don't have to respond as immediately as we think. And I call this creating a buffer. So almost any time my kids come and ask me for something, I have them wait. I say, just give me a couple minutes to think about that. Because if I say yes to something, it changes everything else in our day. If it's video games, if we play video games right now and we're supposed to leave in 20 minutes, that's not gonna work out so well for me. So. Because I'm constantly making decisions all the time, I feel like I need a minute to really process what that means and what that might affect. Mm -hmm. And so I say, I'll get back to you in five minutes. And you know I think they've really learned to just be patient for an answer because as much as I can, I try to say yes, but not if it's gonna come at the cost of having a peaceful morning or Mm -hmm. um, success getting out of the house.
1: That's really interesting actually, because I have one... My seven-year-old son Mm -hmm. is constantly asking for things and I say no a lot. I just say flat out no, but wow, what a great idea to just say, can you give me five minutes and I'll tell you but on the timer on my phone, I'll be like, okay, I have to give him an answer in five minutes. Yeah.
0: Sometimes, because- yeah, sometimes I was going to say too, even if you can't say yes at that moment, I just try to find a way to say yes for a certain time. So my daughter has been wanting to make monster cookies for a while and mm-hmm. I just didn't have the bandwidth to get the things that she needed for it to be in the kitchen with her while she, she can do all of the mixing and all that stuff, but she doesn't like putting things in and out of the oven because she doesn't want to burn herself and Mm -hmm. That's, you know, great. She's almost 11. She probably could do it if she wanted to. But right now she's just she wants me to be nearby. And so Mm -hmm. I told her I basically I put it on our meal plan. I said on this day, one week from now, you'll get to make monster cookies. So I can plan ahead for that. And all week she was excited about it as opposed to being like, mom never lets me do anything fun, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I just, I just say, no, we can't do that right now, but here's a time that we can. And I think that they really respond well to that.
1: I think uh, insanity for me includes um, things like everyday tours that have to get done, the dishes in the sink, the laundry in the, um, a pile on the couch, whatever it is. And so if I'm answering Haley's question, going back to that, how do you not go insane? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually enlist a lot of help and I know it's not for everybody. And I understand that, but my husband and I do put it in the budget as a priority that I do have a cleaning lady and I'll tell you, she helps. And I'll tell you why mm-hmm. it's because my personality, I can't teach my kids, uh, school or homeschool. If the house is messy, I just, I can't, focus on the job now I've gotten better at it but you know I can leave the dishes it's fine whatever but that was a real sticking point for me a few years ago and I was realizing like my priorities are just so out of whack some of that may have been avoiding wanting to homeschool the kids (laughs) which is that's another conversation but um uh, I just noticed that when I have my cleaning lady here once once in a while that um she multiplies my time and and so that's been really good and Uh, and then second to that is that I do, uh, get a babysitter just for me. Like it's not a date night babysitter where my husband and I go out. It's just a babysitter so that I can go out at the beginning of the school year. I took my little baby with me because really she's just so easy. Right. But even toward the end of uh, the school year, I would leave her napping and go out for two or three hours. And, um, that has been just a total sanity saver for me. Yeah. Um, Again, I understand it's it's not for everybody and maybe the, you know financially it's difficult some weeks it's financially difficult for me and I've had to cancel but I just find that if I can get that space that it really helps me be a better mommy when I get home.
0: I don't usually budget for childcare in our family system. But I do try and uh, just reciprocate with friends if there's a time that, you know, they need to get to an appointment or just need some time at a coffee shop with a friend and want to drop their kids off, that I'll just take them and then they do the same for me. To me, this is the point of having a village and having, yes. um, you know, friends that you are comfortable enough with that you can just help each other out because having just a little bit of space um, on the days that are crazy making can be a really welcome reprieve from the grind of things. That's how we've handled that.
1: Yeah. Just a parenthetical with that too is mamas of very little ones. Just remember that when they're five or six and you have somebody over Mm -hmm. a friend of theirs, it Mm -hmm. actually is super helpful. (laughs) Like they go off and play and you're like, Oh (laughs) yeah, they're gone. They're playing. Okay. It's quiet or it's, you know, maybe not quiet, but you know, they're occupied. So friends can be super helpful.
0: Yeah, no, I remember when I had just two kids and there was a family that I knew that had six and the mother was always like, bring your kids over and they can play. And I was like... (laughs) She's like, drop them off and go do some errands. And I was like, Are you crazy? You have six kids already. You really want two more. And I didn't understand then. But now that I have six myself, I am like, It really is not a big deal to have a couple more kids. If anything, I feel like it sometimes brings peace in our house to have like new friends that are not siblings for them to be able to do things with. Obviously, depends on the children that come over because there's some that are super high energy and high maintenance. and, And that's That's fine. It's just, um, I think that there are a lot of assumptions that we make about a family size or a family system that just are not always true when you get to really experiencing that for yourself. Also, to piggyback on this question a little bit, I just wanted to mention that I recognize now that not everything needs my attention at all times. And, you know, when it comes to household things, I have made my peace with having piles and having some unfinished corners. Like my house is not well kept in the sense of it doesn't belong in a home and gardens magazine. And I'm okay with that at this point. I do think that as our family has grown, it has become more of a necessity to keep spaces clear just because of the space that we take up that our bodies Mm -hmm. and moving through the house. And if we can't get from one place to another, because the chairs are not pushed into the table and the, I'm just trying to Get the kids to understand that all the little things that we do to keep order in our space really help us to connect well with each other and to not get so frustrated with things like that. And you mentioned um, dishes and laundry piles. And with that, I was just going to say that in the kitchen for myself... If I can just keep the dishwasher unloaded as soon as it's clean, I feel like I can keep going. Yes. <laughs> if the dishwasher is clean and still full, then I'm just stuck. I <laughs> I don't know. So I I keep my kids accountable for that. I say when the dishwasher is done, you unload it. (laughs) And so as they take care of that task, then I feel like I'm never stuck with those tasks that pile up because one thing is in the way.
1: Right. I know that Haley had a second question Yes. and it has to do with patience. How do you stay patient with, I'm sure is an incessant need for your attention. And I'm assuming she means from our children.
0: Yes. Well, patience is one of those things that I've heard more moms than I can count say, I am just not a patient person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I understand where they're coming from. I would say I'm not a patient person either. If we're talking about like intrinsic qualities or something, I think patience is something that is cultivated. It's part of our character that is shaped as we are just invested in our home and have opportunities to practice it, <laughs> which yeah. I think the, the opportunities to practice patience increases as your family size increases, because <laughs> um, we just have a lot to... Navigate every day with the sibling relationships and the duties around the house. So for me, I think cultivating patience really looks like. So I, I actually see this in, in two parts, this question. One is the, the practice of cultivating patience and the other one is um, acknowledging or recognizing each child's need for attention mm. and Oh
1: yeah, Emily. How do you do that? Oh
0: goodness. Their needs for attention, I feel like, are so individual and unique to each child because what one is really looking for, it can be really different what another is looking for. So for me, I just really try to take a few moments, a couple different times during the day, uh, because we are home a lot of the time. So I homeschool my kids, as many of our listeners know, and. There are a lot of things that happen within a day, but I try to just a couple different times step back and see what they're doing and see, okay, who's kind of escalated and like their behavior is not necessarily what I want it to be. And how can I take stock of where everybody is at? Because if I can take in their cues of, okay, this one's probably needing to chill out for a little bit, we'll do a little rest time. And this Mm -hmm. one over here has been begging me to teach her a reading lesson, even though she's five and she's she can wait a little bit, but she just wants to learn so bad. And so um, I just try to make notes to myself in my mind, I don't write these down, of what can I do for them. And so often, like one of them needs to cuddle for like 10 minutes and read a book. And another one just wants to draw. And can I just get them some paper? (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. you know, like the things that they need are often... (laughs) I I mean, there's, I think there's also two levels of needs. There's like the, in this moment, what do they need? And then like their deep... Soul, heart needs, right? (laughs) So those are different too, but I just try to pay attention to what they need. And sometimes I can anticipate those things in advance of them coming to me. The incessant part, it is constant. There is very rare times that it's like, it's just peaceful, it's just quiet. There's nobody that needs anything. That rarely happens.
1: Yeah, bedtime, Um, that's when that happens.
0: (laughs) But I think, you know, Part of my own journey is that there was a long stretch of time that I was just so irritated that people needed stuff and mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I should have to do it. Like I didn't feel like I should have to do the dishes all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of had a, I don't know. Grumpy attitude (laughs) about what it is that needed to be done until I just started recognizing there isn't anybody else to do it. It is my job Mm -hmm. in my situation. I'm the at home parent. It is my job to tend to these tasks. And the more I embrace the things that need to be done instead of trying to get out of them, I feel like the better I am able to kind of just have vision. I think I'm coming back to this idea have vision. Four, I know the needs that are going to come to me throughout the day. Maybe not the minute, like this specific situation, but in general, I know, okay, this child struggles around this time of the day. I'm going to take some proactive time ahead of time to just really love on them and give them mm-hmm. my attention. And sometimes it really goes a long way to mm-hmm. kind of staving off the real crazy time. And I, I feel like I'm get, maybe getting off track from the question a little bit. But I don't know.
1: I'm, I'm literally taking notes. I'm like, like I knew we were doing this and I'm like, oh, that's good. Let me write that down.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just a, it's a process and cultivating patience, um, I think is something that is a journey. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm continuing to cultivate patience. For me, it's just a pausing. The other thing I was going to say, I wrote this down before we started uh, recording that um, there is a sense of like, When you understand your role in the home is to make decisions, and I see my role as being a gatekeeper, I decide what comes in and what goes out, and that's for media and for toys and for, I mean, anything that my children interface with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I have a say in that, and I don't allow things that irritate me (laughs) as much as possible. (laughs) Um, So if there's toys that just drive me up the wall, the toy is gone. I don't even... Mm -hmm. I don't make a bargain about it. I don't. I'm just like, I cannot handle that extra irritating noise. I just can't, which for us has been walkie talkies. It has been, um, you know, guns that make gun sounds that are like over and over and over (laughs) and things like that, where I just am like, well, you can play with that for five minutes and then it's out of here. (laughs) And um, I just think that we have a lot of say in cultivating the... The culture of our home. And, you know, there's a lot that we're not in control of. So there's definitely some give and take with that. But I just do what I can as often as I can to clue into their needs ahead of time and um, things that just aren't working. If it's not working for all of us or if it's not working for me, (laughs) it's not working for all of us because I've got to be able to have a, a clear vision and a clear Mind that isn't boiling up with irritation all the time, mm-hmm. and so I just try to identify the source of what mm-hmm. is irritating me and why is it irritating me, mm-hmm. and is there a way for us to go about this differently?
1: When I heard this question from Haley, um, I actually struggled with it a little bit because the word, when it says incessant need for your attention, mm-hmm. I think I'm realizing as I'm dialoguing with you um, that. I am a total extrovert and I don't necessarily get irritated at their, their incessant need. Um, certainly toys, like you're saying, they've gotten to me and I've thrown them out, (laughs) but it's actually something my husband and I talk about a lot where he says, he says, you hear every question Mm -hmm. and, I'm like, yeah, I do. He's like, and you answer them all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's like wide eyed. and like, how do you do that? He's like, he is an introvert. So, but, um, yeah, I just think that it looks different to certain, you know, different people and, Mm -hmm. um they obviously do have an incessant need for your attention. And, and the one thing that I have found to be very effective is that whoever is the one acting out, mm-hmm. and even if there's more than one acting out, there's usually one who's really acting out. He gets glued to my side. And I did say he because it's usually a certain one. But um, <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> yes, he just gets glued to my side. He sits next to me you know, if I'm in the kitchen, I'm like, okay, you need to come stand here. Or, you know, if I'm sitting down, you gotta sit next to me. And, um, what's interesting is that little one who often needs my attention, um, is also my physical touch kid. And, uh, even just tonight, he was out on the trampoline outside wailing and crying and gnashing his teeth about something and, came inside I said, do you need a snack? No. Do you need, uh, do you want to read a book? No. Mm-hmm. Do you want that? No. I said, do you want me to scratch your back? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and then he just came over and plopped down on me and I scratched yeah. his back for like 10 minutes. It was amazing. Yeah. The kid who's acting out often is just looking for the proper attention that he can understand his language. Yeah.
0: I agree. And I think that just, seeing our little ones um, each individually where they are I just I just stop and and take them in sometimes like I just mm. I look at them and I think how sweet they are and how I don't know. I, there are lots of times that I just feel really annoyed by everything that they need or want, or all the messes that they're making. But I think when I just step back to try to see the world from their eyes, and mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes those tantrums are because they're terrified about something, or they're, mm-hmm. they don't understand why something has to be a certain way, or they're trying to communicate something, especially when they're, you know, in their early earlier years and not as able to communicate what they think or feel and just trying to respond to them with patience as much mm-hmm. as possible. I think if we could understand and, and see what's in their minds in a much clearer way, it would be less difficult as a mother, yes. but you know, all we have to go on are the clues. And so it just really takes honing in a little bit and seeing what can I learn about their posture, about what they're trying to communicate to me, And I just try to be compassionate as much as Mm -hmm. I can. I'm not always great at it, but compassion just never takes you down a wrong path, I feel. So, yeah, anything else you want to add to that?
1: Well, I just thought, you know, I've just been sitting here listening to you and just, you know, all this cluing in and stuff and realizing I've been going to bed lately, um, you know, and the kids are all asleep. And I'm like, I didn't even hug Noah today Mm. or I don't think I gave Emma a hug or, you know, just a hug thing. I'm like, man, that stinks. you know. And so I just thought, you know, I'm going to put an alarm on my phone for like a 5 p.m. or I don't know what time, but I'm going to figure it out. And mostly because, you know, I have uh, my husband has been able to help me with bedtime because I have to nurse the baby and stuff. So, you know, I guess where I used to give them hugs was at bedtime. But I'm going to put an alarm on my phone and I'm just going to be like, alarm Mm -hmm. go hug child you know like um I feel like that's come out of this conversation
0: oh thank you for your your candor thank you yeah no, I think it's great to talk about um Mm -hmm. I think we'll wrap this one up but thanks for being here you got it thanks Anne mamas the little years are challenging on so many levels if you are struggling to stay afloat I relate to that I don't think there is one honest mom of toddlers especially that wouldn't say that they too struggle on some days. Between insufficient sleep, the ever-changing landscape of development, and the hands-on tasks that require every bit of our effort and attention, it is so easy to grow weary. As my family has grown, out of necessity I have had to let a lot of things go, or at the very least carefully choose my battles, and keep an eye on where I'm leaking energy because, truthfully, I have a finite amount of it. I can be as grouchy and critical as anyone else, but I think it helps to acknowledge that patience isn't something that we just have or don't have. Patience is something that we practice, as we model self-regulation and self-control in front of our kids. There are many times that I am furious on the inside, but I wait to respond. If I feel angry, I try to get quiet instead of getting loud. When we continue to run into the same challenges as a family, instead of blaming my child or their age, I try to change something about the recipe that is not adding up to success for us. And with no small amount of leadership, I steer us in a different direction. Mamas, you are leaders. You have more influence in your home than anyone else. And if you spend your energy listening and really seeking to understand your children's needs, you will be able to proactively respond instead of reacting, after a situation has escalated. This is how I keep hold of my marbles, ladies. Does that mean if you figure out the secret sauce, it will no longer be a struggle? I wish that's how it worked. No, the struggles don't disappear, but I think the more you recognize the authority you have in your home, and the more consistently and lovingly you exercise it, you learn how to navigate challenges with confidence. Even if you feel stuck, there are always ways to change the equation so that everyone in the household can flourish, including the mama. This is what motherhood is all about. Troubleshooting challenges one after another with persistence and love. As I close out, I want to leave you with a verse because I have seen it play out in my own motherhood journey again and again. Galatians 6.9 says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Mamas, may we find the resolve to continue pouring out our consistent love and leadership to our children. May we recognize that it is a worthwhile investment of our time and energy, even when our patience is tested.